Yeah, it was easier traveling over there than you think. Yeah, I mean, that's what Blake was saying. I just, uh, I didn't know how the, I wouldn't have liked having to take the test. Buenos dias, Blanco Morfo. Bienvenido a la tres de siete podcast. Mucho gusto. Um, tell how much Spanish he speaks. <laughs> That's that means you're welcome. Mucho gusto in Costa Rican, and Chad would tell everybody that if he meant thank you, if he meant whatever. That was what See if we can get it. Brandon on the line here. I told him I was gonna call him. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, brother, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Well, we're live on the 307 podcast, so don't don't say anything that you don't want the world to know about. <laughs> ten four, man, ten four. I got Good I got to be on. I got my <laughs> man Chili here and I got Blake here and um uh the listeners don't even know why you're on the podcast yet. Uh we just kind of jump right into this thing, man, and this is just real talk. You I, I'm I don't know if you've ever listened to the way these podcasts go, but we have oh, fun. yeah, I'm, I'm a regular listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, and I just appreciate you having the courage to call in and and um, talk about Kevin. I'm going to introduce him here in just a second, but I'll just introduce you first. This is uh, on the line right here. This is Chief, retired Chief, uh, Naval Special Warfare Operator Brandon Tucker. Brandon was the last chief that I served under during my career in the SEAL teams, and he is hands down the best leader that I ever served under, and he still to this day is a friend and a mentor to me, and we've been wanting to have Brandon on the podcast live for quite a while, but he lives all the way over in freaking Texas, Um, so that'll happen one day, but that's who Brandon is, and today I want to talk about one of our other brothers and somebody that uh, a man that was special uh, to to Brandon especially, and that is Kevin Ebert. And so I'm just going to read something here about Kevin Brandon, and then I just want to turn it over to you, man, and uh, just for you to to share your heart, man, and what you think needs to be known, uh, and, and how how we can best remember Kevin. And before I read this about Kevin, I want you to understand, every one of y'all listening to this, I want you to freaking understand why I care so much. This stuff right here is why I care so much, all right? And it's men like Kevin, and it's the sacrifice that they made. That's the reason that I'm not going to sit around on my freaking hands, that I'm not going to sit passively and just watch the world go by. I don't think that y'all understand quite how this feels. I don't think you quite understand why men like me and Brandon actually care. You you just can't grasp it. It's, It's like, why do they care so much? This is why, man. And this is why I will not, because of men like Kevin, 
and brothers like Brandon that are still here, that these men, this is what these men is what drives me, man. And this is why I will not be laying on my deathbed 20, 30, 40 years from now thinking, man, I wish I would have done more. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Let me read this about Kevin real quick. Kevin R. Ebert, Petty Officer, First Class, E-6, United States Navy. Kevin Ebert was born on January 23rd, 1980 in Arcata, California. He enlisted in the U.S. Navy on June 7th, 2005, and he went on active duty to begin basic training on May 2nd, 2006. Ebert completed basic training at NTC Great Lakes, Illinois in June 2006, followed by Navy Hospital Corpsman School in Great Lakes from June to October 2006. He attended basic underwater demolition SEAL training at NAB Coronado, California from October 2006 to October 2007, and advanced SEAL training from October 2007 to May 2008. His first assignment was with SEAL Team 4 at NAB Little Creek, Virginia from May 2008 until he was killed in action while deployed to Afghanistan on November 24, 2012. His second Bronze Star Medal with Valor citation reads, For, historic achieve, for heroic achievement in connection with combat operations against the enemy while serving as a SEAL operator for Special Operations Task Force Southeast in direct support of Operation Enduring Freedom from September to November 2012. During this period, Petty Officer Ebert conducted 10 joint and combined combat operations inside Taliban safe havens. On 24 November, he was the support element team leader during an 87-man combined special operations Kandak and United States Special Operations Forces foot patrol while maneuvering through demanding and hostile terrain to their overwatch position his element received effective small arms fire from a close-range enemy ambush although wounded in the opening exchange of the ambush he directed his element to move to cover and suppress the enemy located 25 meters above. With complete disregard for his personal safety, he calmly notified the command and control position of the situation. Simultaneously, he moved to a tactically advantageous position, passed the friendly position to airborne assets, and started to coordinate suppressive fire when he was mortally wounded by insurgent small arms fire. His actions afforded his teammates the opportunity to seek cover from the insurgent fire and absolutely prevented additional loss of life. By his extraordinary guidance, zealous initiative, and total dedication to duty, Petty Officer Ebert reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service. This combat distinguishing device is authorized. Thank you, brother. Amen. Brandon, I just want you to share with us what you would like to share. It's so special for us to have you on, man. 
And um, I love you, man. And I, I thank you for, for the courage to do this, man. Absolutely, brother. Uh, first, man, it, it's an honor to be on the podcast, but it is truly an honor to be in the presence of somebody with such a vibrant feeling and just explosive emotion and passion for the brotherhood like you have. Like, you are one of the best representatives of this brotherhood that I could possibly ever imagine. And to see you go from when you transitioned out of the military, you know, from Marops out to what you are doing now, it's, dude, it is breathtaking, man. I just can't thank you enough for what you do for the community and you do for my personal soul just listening to you talk. Well, you were a big part of that, Brandon. I appreciate that. In regards to Kevin, uh, you know, first I want to say there's a, there's a quote from Banksy that, you know, you die twice. Once when the physical breath leaves your body and the second time a long time after when your friends and family no longer murmur your name. We did. We talked about that quote before, Chad, and I feel like the more that we're able to talk about our brothers and their sacrifice and what they did, we're just able to extend their life, their presence, the sacrifice that they made for each and every American citizen over there on the battlefield in Iraq and Afghanistan. It really makes a difference. It makes a difference to them and their legacy. It makes a difference to their families. It makes a difference to us, their brothers, just to know that they live on for the sacrifices that they made. On the side of Kevin himself, I, I think it's easiest for me to start with a, a beginning story of how I met Kevin. Uh, I showed up to SEAL Team 4 in late 2008, and uh, I was assigned to 3 Troop. And when I showed up, there wasn't really anybody there besides Kevin. And uh, you know, I met Kevin, and he gave me a little introduction to everything, showed me you know, what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go, and... I just took it as he was in charge, you know, he, he knew exactly what I was supposed to do, how I was supposed to do everything, went through it. And, you know, we started our first platoon and we were in the same platoon together. And we, I'd always go to him and be like, oh, Hey, what, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? I was trying to stay proactive and he'd tell me exactly what to do and just dismiss me, tell me to go get it done and give me a timeline for it to be done. I'd ask him how kit needed to be set up, what gear needed to be staged for the next day. And I remember we went on our first training trip it was uh, Fort Chaffee, Arkansas, and it's a tradition at uh, SEAL Team 4 that the new guys push the vehicles back with no physical power from the training site back to the barracks every night for the first week. <laughs> That's some SEAL Team so, 4 stuff right there, son. Yeah, so we loaded up every all the older guys in the van and we start pushing the van back from our training site to the barracks and I'm pushing, I'm, I'm giving it everything I got. And I look over and I see Kevin pushing the van with me. And I remember looking at him and it clicked. And I was like, this son of a, he has been a new guy the whole time telling me what to do. And I didn't even know it. He's in the same situation as me. He just had this presence about him. I never even realized that we were in, we were both on our first platoon. I thought he was three for three or four platoons down the road. He was just so squared away. And I just looked at him and he just smiled at me because he knew right then that it had clicked that we were both new guys and he wasn't a two platooner. hilarious, dude. <laughs> so we went through work up and you know, Kevin, man, everybody said the same thing about him. You know, if they wanted one medic to work on him on the battlefield, it was unanimous. Kevin Everett. Like, I never heard anybody come in a close second. 
at least at SEAL Team 4, if somebody was like, hey, who do you want to work on you if you get shot? Kevin Everett, Kevin Everett, Kevin Everett. We did that first platoon, and we ended up getting split up, went to different sites in Afghanistan. And, you know, Kevin had an amazing, amazing uh, deployment. He I saved a couple guys, a couple SEALs on that, that deployment. He actually got combat promoted from E5 to E6 spot on like as soon as it uh as soon as that operation had ended we came back and we we split ways and we we didn't weren't in a platoon and we did our second workup together we went both were going to go back to afghanistan and for some odd reason i got shifted from my platoon to his platoon to be a recce team leader for them and so we were back together and you know kevin's over in afghanistan he's doing his thing he actually ran the uh, the surgical like medical unit for all the Afghanis that were getting injured overseas and I no joke every day we were not on an operation he was in that room working on people that nobody else wanted to work on because they were afraid of you know disease and and everything that was going on over there Kevin was hands on running that thing as a SEAL medic not as a surgeon like what should have been in charge he was just hands on doing it and uh, still being our medic for our SEAL team. Wow. And I remember we kept doing operations, kept doing operations, and Kevin had probably a week or two left, and he was going to go back to the States because he'd been accepted into medical school. He actually, I think he got like two or three surgeon generals had wrote him letters of recommendation to go to this medical school. And, uh, you know, a couple days before his, uh, before he passed, we got tasked with an operation, and I had been the recce team leader for that, so I planned everything out. And the day before the operation, it was requested that I stay back and attend a commando, the unit we worked with over the Afghanis graduation ceremony. So I remember walking into Kevin's room and asking him, hey, Ann, uh, can you take my spot on this one? Because we, we were in the same element. I said, hey, can you just run as the team lead for this one? And I got to stay back for this graduation ceremony. And he was like, of course, no issue. Not, not a moment of hesitation. And I remember he just grilled me for like two hours on everything about my route, the GPS coordinates. We synced up our GPSs. He took all of the points, where we were supposed to be, what the timelines were, like overwhelming amount of questions that he asked me that I had never really been asked by anybody. And, uh, you know, he went out and what happened happened. Uh, and I remember I was in the jock listening to communications and battle tracking everybody when the when the gunfight broke out and we were watching it on you know isr on on our drones and we it came across the radio that there was you know a gsw a gunshot wound to my element and i remember thinking and to this day i kind of regret this feeling but i felt this immediate sense and i just in my head said god i hope it's kevin that got shot because i know he can take care of himself and I knew everybody else in that element wasn't a medic. They, they weren't as prepped. And I knew if Kevin got shot, he'd fix himself, snap of the fingers and be done, be ready to roll. He'd still be in charge, still be running things, calm, cool, collected. That's just how he was. And it came across that it, that it was him that had been shot with that initial GSW. And I, I had a sense of relief at that point. Like, okay, I know Kevin, I know he can take care of himself. And we started battle tracking, elements started moving, he started calling in fire, and then it just went radio silent. And it went, it just got eerie for us, man. And 
I still had like for this hope for so long that because it was because it was Kevin and because of the kind of operator that he was, the kind of medic he was, the kind of man he was, that there's no way something could have happened to him. There's no way God would have allowed that. There's no way that he would have allowed that. There's there's just no one that could touch him. And I remember finally when we got the word what had happened and that he had uh, that he had passed. I didn't believe it. I couldn't. Not somebody like him. And uh, we ended up getting him out of there. We ended up getting the medevac asset in. The guys that were on the uh, were in the assaulting element made movement so fast, man. They they went like four kilometers in less than an hour through some of the roughest terrain you could possibly imagine. I'm talking cliffs of Mordor is what it looked like from Lord of the Rings, man. It was bad. And they made it there in record time and got Kevin, got the guys that were after him, that were shooting at them, put them down and got Kevin out of there. And the words for what happened after that, everyone in the SEAL team felt it. Everyone felt the sacrifice that had just been made on the battlefield by Kevin and what he did. And it, set the tone for the rest of our deployment on the sacrifices the rest of us were going to be willing to make to make sure that the mission, the operation, our friends, our brothers, our family that were over there, were going to make it out. And to this day, I guarantee if you ask somebody, at least at SEAL Team 4, if they could have any medic in history, whether they passed or not, if they could have one medic work on them, it's going to be Kevin. Because he's a he is a legend. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man, I guess that's about all I can say about him, man. He's just an incredible man. And I miss him, miss him every day. I'm still here, Brian, and I'm just, uh, mm. you know, it's such an honor to be able to get a depth and breadth of context on who Kevin was and, and, and we couldn't provide that Brandon and you, you provided that for, for thousands and thousands of people to hear and know who this man was. Uh, and we couldn't do that without you, man. And, and it just, oh man, it's, it's just heavy brother. And I'm just honored that we have the opportunity to remember him today. And, um, and Brandon, I'm thankful for you, man, and, and for the sacrifices that you made for your country and for being such a huge part of my life and, and always being so generous and giving and loving and kind and understanding. Um, you're special, man, and this story that you just told is special and it will live now in these airwaves from this point forward well, i appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk about him chad it uh it means a lot to me to for people to hear his story and know his sacrifice because it uh it very easily could have been the opposite i i could have been me in that situation uh and it wasn't Fortunately for me and my family, but 
I will forever be indebted to Kevin for the sacrifice that he made that day. And I hope this story reaches your listeners and impacts them on this day. And it gives them a chance to think about the sacrifice that he's made and other men have made. And think about the fact that we still have 13 veterans committing suicide every single day because they have the same feelings that I have inside about losing brothers, the things they saw on battlefield and inspires your listeners to make an effort to just do something simple, like thank a veteran for their service. Cause it really does mean a lot to us. Amen to that brother. Amen to that. Blake Chili, you guys got anything? I would say just thank you, Brandon, for, for sharing that. There's a lot of stories that I hear Chad tell and other people tell, and I can appreciate and respect what's going on. But I, I, since I've never been in that situation, it's hard for me to identify with it. But the, the way that you told that story just really made me feel like I could have been there and, and just could appreciate Kevin much more because of how you told the story. And that I think it's going to, it's it's going to help a lot of people understand the insight and refresh if they haven't already known what was given for the country and is and is still being given for the country today. So I just thank you for coming on here and, and sharing that with us, brother. Thanks, brother. Yeah, and there's a lot I would I would like to say, but I don't really think I can even do it right now. But uh thank you for telling that story and I've never got to meet you or talk to you, Brandon, but I'd like to one day and, and uh, thank you for telling that story and thank you for your service. Um, um, yeah, appreciate everything. So, yeah, you got to be a solid, solid man, Brandon, because Chad is, uh, he's all the time talking about you. If there's, if there's one buddy that he talks about more than anybody from his time in the military, it, it's you. And I'm not just saying that as lip service, that that's the honest truth. So hopefully we can come, come down there and Maybe kill some hogs or something. Down I'm there gonna in tell Texas. you. I don't say the things that I say about Brandon Tucker to make him feel good. He don't need me to make him feel good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not telling him this to boast him up no, or anything. That's, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's the dang truth, man. And Brandon, I know you got. I know you got stuff going on today, man. Um, I'll I, I'll let you can you can check off the podcast and. Uh, and go about your day. Thank you for taking this time out. I'm gonna. As, I was supposed to send your spotting scope and your binoculars out before I left to go to Costa Rica the other day, and uh, I didn't make it by the post office. As soon as the post office opens back up on Monday, I'm gonna get your gear from Vortex headed that way, man. You got a shipping manager? I know. I got. I may pass it <laughs> off to my shipping manager. <laughs> Actually, today he's sitting right here. I know it'll get done if I do that. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, you know, I've got those uh, got those NVGs ordered for you. As soon as they get in, man, I'll get them sent your way. Uh, and then hopefully you will get to bring them down, and we can do some hog hunting. I've been doing some uh, some serious work out here on the ranch on these things, but I could use an extra gun for sure. I know. I'm wa- I'm watching you, man. I'm. And by the way, while we got you on the podcast, where can people yeah. follow you, man? Because you post a lot uh, of good content. So Instagram, it would be on it or, or tuck tuck two seven three or at Skyfall Reserve. Those are the two ones that I post on a lot. Uh, Skyfall is a ranch that I run down here in Texas. You know, we do mostly waterfowl hunting, but we do a lot of other stuff too, just general fun. And then we have basically the same range we have at Shaw's. We've got set up down here where we can go through do tactical CQB shooting, some long range shooting, and just teach some some principles. Most of it's not for people to really learn tactical shooting. 
it's more to get out and like do leadership development stuff within, you know, businesses and things like that and other networking events for SEALs. But, you know, we get out there and we, do, we have a lot of fun. Well, we're coming, man. We're coming. To Dude, I can't wait, you. man. <laughs> I can't wait. I look forward to seeing Blake and Chili, man. Uh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. You guys crack me up on the daily when I'm looking at the Instagram feed. <laughs> Well, brother, I love you, man. Tell your family that I love them. You guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. You too, brother. Love you. Mean it. See you soon, brother. Ah, thanks. Well, you know, it takes it. It takes a lot of courage for for Brandon to come on and do that, man. Yeah. Yeah, more than I think we can realize, or I can realize, I mean. But, it, you know, it's so powerful, man. It's so powerful, and it's necessary. Not only to lift up who Kevin was and what he did, uh, and to shine light on the veteran community and what they and we have to live with for the rest of our lives and our memory, but also to give some context to what it, what the cost, what it costs to maintain a free nation that is America. And let me tell you what, this bunch of daggone scum of the earth, people that are systematically dismantling the ideals that this nation is founded upon and that these men have died for, I will not let you win. I'm here to tell you, man, and all you people out there that are a bunch of freaking sheep that are just going along with this crap, all this stuff that's happening, no more, son. I've got some ideas. I'm not, I'm not, I'm done sitting passively. And watching this nation that has been preserved by the blood of warriors be dismantled by a bunch of squabbling old freaking cowards and sheepish citizens. I'm freaking done with it, man. And y'all think I'm that and y'all think I'm some sort of a. Y'all think I'm some sort of crazy person or conspiracy theorist or whatever you might think I am? No, I'm going to tell you it's because I actually care. Because I have some context of what it takes to get to where we are today as a nation. It's because I actually freaking care, man. And half of you don't even understand what it means to actually care. Because you don't have that context in your life. Thank God you don't have to have it. Thank God you don't have to live with it. 
But that doesn't mean that you can't learn from, from conversations like we just had and get freaking angry. And do something. Long live the brotherhood. 